All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another action-packed episode here of Mindset Masters in Marketing, hosted by yours truly, Will Hyder. Today is episode seven. We got an awesome special guest here, my good friend, Mark Zalmanoff. Excuse me if I pronounced that wrong, but I uh, hope I got that right. So Mr. Mark is a good friend. We've known each other for a few many years now. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's a successful you know, business owner, coach, author, you know, podcaster, you name it, this guy's done it. In addition to that, he owns a badass gym where he helps a ton of people, you know, build up their body, their physical health, but not, not only their physical health, but their mental health, right? So today we want to talk to him and dive deep, dive deep on, you know, his life experiences, how he became a mindset master and how he markets himself and helps others in business and in life. So without further ado, Mark, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. I appreciate it. Share a little bit about thank yourself you. with everybody. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I always, uh, as I told you, I appreciate the opportunity to run my mouth any chance I get. It's what I, uh, what I love to do. So a little background about me. I have been a fitness professional for 20 years now, which is nuts. Uh, this is year 20 of coaching for me. And I've worked in big gyms. I've worked in little gyms. I've ran my own space. I've worked out other people's spaces. I do online coaching. I do business coaching now for other fitness professionals. I do business coaching for executives. And, uh, you know, people are people. And, and I, I love the mindset topic because if you look through history, humans have been dealing with the same shit forever, basically. Yep. You know, I'm a, I'm a big student of Stoicism philosophy. And if you read the teachings of Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and Epictetus, you know, this stuff was written 2000 years ago. And if you change the language to use modern day language, you would have no idea it was written 2000 years ago because mm -hmm. they were dealing with the same stuff. You know, maybe it wasn't social media, but it was gossip and it was sex and it was, you know, it, it was business affairs and it was money and it was greed and it was war. And so we've been dealing with the same stuff forever. And it and it's, it's interesting. Kind of a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we still struggle with the same issues and it's like no one's willing to actually learn <laughs> from the past. But the few people that are that are willing to go down that rabbit hole and kind of look and see, OK, what have what have humans been going through? Like we can really live a fruitful, joyful life by getting our head right. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem is it's not easy. There's no quick fix. You know, we live in an instant gratification society. I've said it before, like I could probably... I could probably pay somebody right now to come feed me, like literally put food inside of my mouth, like, you know, for the right price on the right weird website on the dark web, like somebody <laughs> will come, you know, somebody will come and cut up my food for me and feed me. Right. Yeah. Yes. So we, we live with this comfort that humanity has never known, but yet we're still searching for mental strength. And, and I remember, you know, Jocko, Jocko Willink, you know, Mm -hmm. the Navy SEAL guy. I remember somebody asked him once and they said, how do you get mentally stronger? And, and his response was great. He goes, well, you just, you just get mentally stronger. Like <laughs> he didn't, he didn't have a response because he's like, it was such a foreign concept to him. You know, this is a dude, a Navy SEAL fought in, I think he fought in Mogadishu and like some real, you know, shithole places in the world. And he just, he couldn't even compute like, what do you mean? How do you get mentally stronger? You just like, do you it. You just get do in place yeah, require yeah. mental strength, right? And, and the problem is that's the greatest advice and, and the shittiest advice all at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. So, so how do you facilitate that? Like that's the challenge, right? So when we live in this comfort zone and, and like, I don't know about you, but I don't have to go hunt for my food. No. You know, I don't, I don't even have to garden for my vegetables. I don't, I don't have to defend my home from. Yeah, we can even have that delivered to our house nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we don't, we don't have any of the tasks that just really a couple hundred years ago that I think most people in the world faced. Mm-hmm. You know, you, not only were you fighting off human intruders, you were fighting off animals, you were fighting off weather, like all the things. And now we don't have to fight that anymore. And, and that's why I, I think a lot of times when people are like, man, we've gotten soft. Well, yeah, because shit's really that's easy now. Point that you made there. Yeah, because we're not worried about those things that, you know, that take up the day. Now we're more focused on bullshit like social media and the other things that, you know, bog down the noise. Right. You know, because we can easily have all of our food delivered to us. So, like, it's easy to get caught up in that shit. I, I kind of get where you're going with this, but definitely kind of spread some more light on that because that's interesting. So, so when we live in, and, and I think, too, that's why there's, there's so much anxiety, depression, ADHD, like all these, all these disorders that people have. I, I don't know that people had those 200 years ago. You know, we weren't inundated with information all day. We didn't have to be mindful of how much screen time we had and wear blue blockers at night and shut off technology at the end. Like we had none of those concerns. Like our our concerns were basic human needs and very few people ever went past that just because the opportunity wasn't there. So as humanity has grown and we've advanced and, and, you know, the world's gotten smaller due to technology, um, you know, we have all these issues that people just didn't deal with that long ago. So back to the question of like, okay, well, well, how do you, how do you cultivate mental strength? And, and fortunately or unfortunately, we, a lot of times we just have to manufacture it. You know, most of us, like life is going to throw shit at us. Like we know that there's going to be death. There's going to be heartbreak. There's going to be, you know, failed businesses. There's going to be recessions and like things like that. But, but a lot of times, like that's not even enough for a lot of people. And, you know, in the fitness realm, I see it in the gym all the time because I'm very fortunate that I have people that are willing to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, you know, the gym is such a great representation of real life. I can tell how somebody operates in the real world by how they work out in the gym. Mm -hmm. Are they working until the clock runs out or are they stopping at three seconds? Right. Are they doing all the reps? Are they shaving off one or two here and there? Mm-hmm. Are they, are they asking for more weight? Are they looking at me going, yeah, that's probably light. I need to bump it up. Or are they willing to just go, yeah, that was good enough and, and move on about their day. But the, the mental side that comes from working out is it's one of the most uncomfortable things most of us will ever do. Again, like unless you're out fighting in the military or you're in professional sports or you're a fighter or something like that, which is not most of us, mm-hmm. like, we're just not being physically tested, but physical discomfort is terrible for most people. And and, I mean, I'm no different. You know, if I'm willing to kick my ass in the gym on my own workout, like it, it sucks. Like at some point in the middle of it, I'm like, ah, this is terrible. What do you think the biggest thing that you, you know, people, you know, keeps them from preventing them from, you know, keeping that routine, showing up every day at the gym, right? What do you see the biggest thing that, you know, people, you know, what's their excuse, right? Like, it's, it's the adverseness to discomfort. Yeah. Just because, 
people will people will choose the discomfort that they know rather than risk the discomfort they don't know, even though they know there's a great reward on the other side. And, and it's hard to, it's hard to describe because, you know, Will, in our circle of people, like we're all aiming for the fucking moon, right? Like mm. all of us are, are gunning for big things and we're, we're constantly willing to get uncomfortable and risk it and, and, you know, willing to fail forward and all those things. But that concept is not common. We think it's common because we see everyone in our circle doing it, but we're such a small percentage of the population. So you get out in the general population of people that are, uh, you know, it's not that people aren't lazy. It's not that they're lazy, but they're like, man, okay, so I need to get in shape, but I'm 50 pounds overweight and my knees hurt and my back hurts, and my diet shit, and I'm tired all the time. And they can't see the next step. They can't see the tunnel. All they, they feel like they're so deep into a hole, they can't dig themselves out. Exactly. All they're looking at is going, fuck, I got 50 pounds to lose. Yeah. Instead of going, what if I just lost one? Yeah. And then, and then did that 49 times. So set small goals instead of trying to go for the big, big goal right out the front, right there, you know, set a large, large time control and work backwards in smaller little increments. Right. Those are good ways to absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's the make good choices mentality. You know, my book's called make good choices. My podcast is make good choices, but it's truly about like making the next choice a better one than the one before. Mm -hmm. I've said this analogy a lot. So, you know, if you walked outside right now and you found a flat tire on your car, normal, right? You wouldn't slash the other three tires and take a sledgehammer to your windshield. (laughs) that sounds that sounds ridiculous right like you just fix the damn tire and and go on about your day but that's what people do to their bodies they wake up and they're like i'm gonna eat healthy today and maybe they got a good breakfast and they get to the office and there's donuts there and they're like oh man i really want a donut so they have a donut and then they have another donut and they're like oh fuck it well i had two donuts and then you know cheeseburger and fries and pizza and beer and throw it all to the wind huh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's what they're doing They're, You know, they set out with good intentions. Mm. Temptation showed up, they gave in and then they just ran with it instead of going, okay, maybe I shouldn't have had the donut. Let me have a salad for lunch and I'll get back on track. Mm-hmm. But it's this all or nothing mentality when no- nothing that we do is all or nothing other than life. You're like we live and then we're going to die and that's what happens. But all, all the in-between it really is about like, what, what's the next thing I need to do? You know, business, it's easy for people to make sense of it with business. You know, who's the next hire? What's the next ad I got to put out? Like, what's the next offering that I need to throw out there? What's the next social media post? Like we understand that, but then for some reason, when it comes to our own physicality, you're like, oh man, 50 pounds. Gosh, you know, we do. Oh my gosh. Can't get it done. There's no way. You know, I agree with you, man. I, I've went through that. I'm sure, you know, you have as well, right? We, that's one thing we always have to overcome is that being consistent and just making those good choices. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a very good point there. Talk a little bit about like more about how do you become mentally stronger, right? How do you facilitate that state? How do you, you know, if somebody's coming to you 50 pounds overweight, right? How do you get them out of that anxiety and that depression? Like, how do you fight that through, through exercise? Correct. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's not just exercise, diet. It's a lot of other things too. You coach them on on a mental side of things. It's not just, Hey, here's a workout plan and have a nice day. Like I think it's a lot more than that. Can you talk a little bit about like kind of what a routine and what a, what a proper system will physical, physical system, workout system will do for your, for your mindset. I think that's important for people to understand. Um, You know, I've actually fought with depression and and drug abuse in the past and, and going to a gym pulled me out of that. Right. Like, because I didn't have any other option. It was either that or what, like, it's like, you know, you've got to, you've got to bring your body out of those, those state of minds and in that, in that physical state of chemical dependency. Right. So in order to do that, the only way that I knew how to do that was to get physical and sweat it out and, and, and bring your body to a new level, kind of like where we at before it happened. Right. Like, you know, right. how do we get our bodies back to where we were before kind of thing. Talk a little bit about all that. You know, one of the one of the first questions I ask when when somebody comes to me with a weight loss issue and they say, OK, I want to lose 50 pounds. And I say, all right, well, when's the last time you were 50 pounds lighter than you are right now? Mm-hmm. So I want them to mentally go back because it's not the weight that they're looking for. It's the feeling that was associated with that weight. So at some point in their life, they're saying this is where I felt good about me as a human being. You know, this is when I felt attractive. This is when I could look in the mirror with confidence. Like, that's what I'm looking for. So I don't really care about the, the number that on the scale. I'm looking for what are they associating with this feeling? So how long has it been? Was it last year? Was it 10 years ago? What's happened since then? You know, why are you where you are now? And just kind of taking it chunk by chunk and going, okay, well, what happened? So, okay, you got married, you had kids, you, you know, you, you took a job that required you to work 80 hours a week. Like, you know, let's piece this story together. Okay, well, now what does your life look like? Because usually whatever has happened in between is not happening in the moment. Like what happened in between caused them to get where they are, but that's not today's reality. Mm. Okay, so now let's look at what, what does today look like? Walk me through a day. I have people walk me, you know, from the time you wake up till you go to bed, what's your day look like? What are you eating? Where are you going? Where are you spending your time? And start getting people to to create some awareness. I think that's a huge part of it is self-awareness. Like most people have zero idea what they're doing or where they're going other than, you know, here's the time I go to work and the time I come home. Yeah, no, I agree. And everything else is just fucking up in the air. (laughs) Like, oh. You got to have a why and you got to have a goals. And it's important that you said take self-inventory, not only about what's happened, but where you were and how you got there, right? Because a lot of people, you know, just go back to the basics. A lot of people don't realize that, right? Like you just, you're overthinking it. Stop for a second, take self inventory, figure out what you did right, what's wrong and fix it. Remove the bad shit and improve the good stuff. Um, make good choices, right? Improve on the choices. <laughs> These are all important topics. Um, talk well, here's about like, go ahead, go ahead. Well, here's where people go wrong is... Okay, so we we discuss all that. They figure, okay, here's the goal. Here's where we want to be. Here's what you're looking for. And then they get overwhelmed because they think they got to do all the things right now. Mm-hmm. So they know they need to exercise. They know their diet shit. They know they're stressed out. They know their sleep is terrible. And most people don't take action because they think they have to do all the things. And because all the things is overwhelming, they do none of the things. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever look around in your house, you have like 18 chores to do and you did zero of them. Cause you're like, Oh my God, it's too much. Right. The paralysis analysis and the procrastination, right. It's like, you're just overthinking it too much and, you know, delaying it or seeing the picture, you know, just too much. Don't get overwhelmed by it. 
set small little targets. A lot of people underestimate how long it takes to become successful or achieve what they're looking to change, right? They think it's going to happen in 30 days, 90 days. Your coach tells you it'd be 90 days and you'd be fucking 50 pounds lighter and fucking uh, so much happier. Yes, you will, but it's not going to stop there. You've got to continue this. So like, it's like sobriety, right? Like sobriety is a lifetime thing. Like staying sober is like, it doesn't, there's no 90 days of sober sobriety. Like sobriety is a lifetime challenge for anybody that's ever had to go through that. Right. Um, so, you know, consistency is key, but uh, willing to fell forward, surround yourself with the right people. These are all big things that has helped grow my mindset and keep me strong. Right. Um, and physical fitness as well. I can't believe like how much, how important that is. When I started like researching like depression, anxiety, you know, they talk about the chemical dependency and like serotonin releasing in your brain, like all these different things, that are depleted when you have depression, when you are overweight, when you have no sleep, you know, when you have, you know, a drug abuse, whatever it is, right. That depletes all that, you know, feel good feelings. And, you know, it's all out of whack. So then when you are trying to sober up, then your body is basically shit. Or when you're trying to get healthier and you're trying to eat better, right. It feels different. Um, man. What was I saying here? I always lose my thought. <laughs> Well, I, I think what people have to realize is, you know, most people that are overweight and out of shape have been that way for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't just happen. It didn't just happen in the last 90 days and it's not going to change in the next 90 days. And even if you could lose that type of weight, you haven't changed your mindset in that time frame either. So it's about stacking wins and getting people to understand that if we can build habits, then they'll actually last. So some people, you know, some people need to start with one thing and get that down and then move forward. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with on the nutrition side, I'm like, do you drink any water? And people are like, uh, I'm like, well, let's start drinking water. Well, what about carbs and, and protein timing after do you drink any water? Drink some damn water. Let's start with the water <laughs> and get somebody to build that habit. Then we add one more on top of that. Okay. Now you've gotten the water habit down. You're drinking, you know, 80 ounces a day or hundred ounces a day. Now it's routine. Now it's, second nature to you okay now we can add something else to that because if you don't try to stack it all at once because then you get overwhelmed when you don't do it all it's good good point you know some people are some people are ready but rarely do you find someone who's like just give it all to me and i'll follow the plan exactly as it's laid out Mm -hmm. like i'm again i'm fortunate i have some of those people but most people are not like that they need they need the slower approach because that slower approach is what's going to actually last and it gives them the victory. So like we talked about before, somebody looking at that 50 pound goal that's so overwhelming that they don't think they can ever get there. It's like, hey, let's just build some consistency. Can you work out four times this week and drink some water? And at the end of the week, when they worked out four times a week and they drank water every day, I'm like, high fucking five, man. All right, perfect. Let's do that again next week. And you build that momentum and, and slowly they start to build that self-confidence and that mental strength that allows them to want to push a little bit more and get a little bit more uncomfortable and be willing to continue down that path. That's the hard part. You know, we're all, you know, anybody can get uncomfortable once, but can you do it every day over and over and over again? Yeah. Momentum's the key. I think that's, that's another big thing that we've been talking about a lot. You know, once you get started to keep that gas pedal down and continue the momentum forward, it's a lot easier to keep the, the, the car rolling instead of stopping and going. Right. So like, and like you said, right, like a lot of people, it's in fitness or in business in their life, like 
the more you show up and the more you continue to build momentum and the more you continue to go through things that you struggle with and, and get through it, it's going to build the confidence to, to keep going after more things. Right. And that's going to build up the mindset. So these are all really like key, key things that, you know, I hope you guys are, you know, writing down, you know, build momentum and confidence. If you're having just personal issues with, you know, physical fitness, health, wellness, reach out to Mark. He can set you up on a plan. The guy's a genius. Every time I see his stuff, people are in this freaking gym. The guy's gym is completely full. He probably got to get three more gym locations because everybody wants to go to his gym. Uh, but not everybody what a, get, not everybody survives your gym, though, from what I hear. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had a death yet. Okay, so. okay. No, no cardio, no uh, cardiac arrest. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, you guys are savages in there. I, I, I have to get in there one day. It'll be fun. Mindset matches in marketing. Talk a little bit about, like, so, you know, some personal stuff, if you don't mind, like, in your life that you had to go through, like, you know, certain pivotal points where you had to make pivots or certain big decisions that you had to make in your life and your business, whether it was starting your new business or, you know, decisions within your current business that, you know, that were like deciding factors, like that you really had to dig deep in your mindset. It's funny. You know, I've, I've always been a pretty happy person. Like as long as I, even as a kid, I was, I was happy. I always have a smile on my face and, you know, every time you see me, I'm smiling and joking with people and that's, that's who I am. But, I, I've realized over the last several years that there's there's a system I've been implementing for a long time of why I operate like this. And and it's it's good. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it makes me downplay some of the things that I've gone through because I don't I don't give them much worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't define myself by my past. I don't say, oh, woe is me because this happened to me. Right. But but what I've come to realize, and my, my wife's made me realize this quite a bit, is she's like, look, share your stuff because other people have gone through what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And if they can see you out here thriving and smiling and living with joy, and they're like, fuck, I went through the same thing. Why am I like this? And he's like that. Then, then there's value in that. So, you know, like I didn't grow up with my mom. Uh, my parents divorced when I was three years old. I was raised by my dad and my grandma. Mm-hmm. Loved them loved them to death. I mean, my dad was an awesome dad. He was always there for me. Still is thinking, you know, bless the Lord. He's still alive. Um, but you know, I didn't, so I didn't have a, a mom in my life. I don't know. I never really gave it much thought. Cause I had my dad there. My dad was always there. He loved me. He supported me. He supports me to this day. Oh, ever knew. Yeah. My, my grandma was awesome. I mean, she's, you know, the, my favorite person that, that ever existed. Uh, you know, and she operated like I did, like she just operated with a level of joy that most people don't see. Um, when I was in college, I was going to be a chiropractor. I got to organic chemistry, totally had no clue what was going on. Like it was terrible and changed my major at that point to kinesiology, which is how I ended up being a personal trainer. The first, the first gym that I own, long story short, I literally just walked away from it one day. Mm. Like I, I I picked a terrible business partner. All the red flags were there. I didn't pay any attention to them. I said, well, I want this for me. And, you know, probably stayed longer than I should. But I mean, literally one day I just left. I took my people, I called them up and said, I'm done. Bye. And that was the end of it, you know? And and so like, but those things, all of those things could have like ruined, I don't want to say ruined, but could have definitely deterred my path somewhere else. But there was a resiliency that I just operated with of like, but I know what I'm here for. Like, I know there's a reason that I'm being led down this path. 
And at the time I couldn't see it, you know, definitely back in college, I had no idea, you know, I'd be sitting here today doing what I do with so many awesome people around me, but there was an internal drive that I couldn't shut up. And even when I had moments of man, like business sucks and how am I going to pay rent? And, you know, I had, I had a a kid when I was young and, you know, married and divorced in my early twenties and had another kid and, and, you know, wondering how I'm going to entertain them when I have them on the weekend or whatever. Yeah. But I would always just look around and go, wait a minute. Like there's still a roof over my head. Like I've never been homeless. I've always had food on my plate. I've always had a roof over my head. I've always been healthy. My kids have been healthy. And so those, those little reminders are what I had to look around and go, people got it worse than me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean my problems aren't real. And it doesn't mean that I have to face the things that I need to face. But I also always had perspective of like where I stand in the world. Yeah. You know, there's probably 7 billion people out there that would gladly trade places with me any day of the week. Right. And it's not, and it's not because of anything other than I have comforts like running water and food that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have, you know, like we have to keep perspective of that stuff. And those things really allow me to push through. And then, you know, recently, again, over the past couple of years, being in Apex and, and getting really solid on my core values and my mission in this world, now everything goes through that. That's the filter. And, and it allows me to kind of live with an ease that I've never had before. Because I look at my core values and when there's decisions to be made, whether they're business, relationships, spirituality, what they just I run them through the core values. Does it match up with these things that I say I'm about? Does it align with the mission that I have in this world? And if it does, then I do it. And if it doesn't, I don't do it. Yeah, that's important. The core values to be established, not only in business, but in life, your friends, your relationships, you know, the, the women or men that you would meet or date before you, you know, all that stuff. And then obviously your business partners and your clients and your, and your employees, you, you share the same core values in business as you do in your personal life, right? Or they, they're real similar. You should. I, I mean, yeah. I, I believe they're one in the same because you shouldn't be a different person in your personal life than you are in your business. Exactly. So we want to make sure that we keep those in line and keep them very close to uh, similar for people that don't know what core values are. You know, can you share a little bit about what your core values are for people? Yeah. So mine are integrity, intention, empathy, and entertainment. And, you know, the integrity side, I mean, most of us, you got nothing if you don't have integrity, right? You know, integrity is doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it and owning it, right? The word is your bond. Intention. I I used to say that like hard work was one of mine, but I I think hard work isn't always the case. It's more of just being intentional with the things that you do. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that I work hard at my marriage, but I'm very intentional with my marriage. And those are two different things. I don't, it's not work to me. Like I enjoy being married. I enjoy my wife, you know, I enjoy yeah, the yeah. yeah. But I have to be intentional about the way that I treat her, the things that I say to her, the way that I show her love. Like that's just intention. It's not hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy as a coach, I think it's extremely important to have empathy. Not everybody needs to have that as a core value. I think it's a great human trait, but if you're going to change the lives of other human beings, you have to be willing to meet them where they are at some point. Mm-hmm. You, you have to be able to resonate on some level with them. You yeah. can't dismiss their problems and be like, Oh, just get over it. You know, <laughs> such terrible advice. And then entertainment, 
Like I, I love laughing. I love, I love smiling. You know, I'm like, Oh, I love smiling. Smiling's my favorite. Uh, you know, I love posting shitty ass memes on the internet and making people, you know, and entertaining, but like that brings me joy. And, and what I've seen though, like in training in the gym, yes, it's uncomfortable. And yes, we, we whoop some ass at my gym, but at the same time, they leave with a smile on their face because I want to make sure there's some level of enjoyment to that process. Otherwise it doesn't matter what kind of results you'll see. You won't come back. Like at some point you'll be like, I hate this. Yeah. But if I can provide an environment where, yeah, we can work hard and we can sweat next to each other and we can get sore muscles, but at the same time we can laugh and have fun and bond and they can walk out the door smiling. Then that's me serving part of my mission in this world, which is just to leave people better. So, you know, again, those, those are the, those are my core values. That's what I live by. And the, it said, once I got really, really clear on that, God, it makes everything easy. It doesn't mean it's easy, easy. It just makes the decision-making process easy. Talk a little about like where you, where you learned some of this stuff over the years, like, you know, 20 years ago, they didn't have social media. I'm sure they didn't have like YouTube and all that. I mean, that's probably like 10 years ago, give or take. Right. So like, talk about some of your early mentors. I know you had your dad growing up and stuff. I mean, who else did you pull from? When I was yeah, when I was at Lifetime Fitness, which was my first like real corporate training job, I guess you could say, uh, we had a great uh, department of personal training leader there. He wasn't a manager. He was a leader. And he really invested time into us. That's when I was introduced to John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we read the, the laws of leadership and how to build a leader within you and how to build leaders around you. And that was kind of, that was probably the first time that I actually started reading things like that and enjoyed it on top of it. So I was like, oh, number one, this makes sense. It resonates with me. And I'm looking around in a gym, you know, we had a staff of like 40 trainers there. It was a big staff. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, well, how do we grow? How do we grow personally? How do we grow these people around us? So that was like very, very early on. Um, Then there was a long time I was, I had my head up my ass and I didn't read anything. Because I was like, I don't need to read, you know, like an idiot. Uh, And then probably in my in my mid 30s, I'm 42 now. So my mid 30s, I hired my first business coach and he was a he is still he is a business coach for fitness professionals. So it's something that I do now. And he was, you know, I'd say he's pretty influential in, in me taking that step forward a couple of years ago. But he really started started me down the path of like full self development And, you know, what does business growth look like and how do you manage people and how do you set a a vision in place? Because up until that time, I I mean, I've been training the whole time, but I struggled for many years and I didn't know how to get past the hump. But a large part of it, I wasn't around the right people either. Yeah, I was around a bunch of average people. Yeah. Well, I can't I can't get past average being around a bunch of average people. And finally, I was in rooms with guys that were actually very successful and running successful gyms and building successful teams. And then that eventually led into apex and, you know, the apex network is just insane. Right. So, you know, Thomas Keenan's book, unfuck your business. I would recommend that to anyone that, that has a business or is thinking about having a business or has ever had a business. I mean, you know, he's, he's kind of the, uh, the master of core values in our circle of people. Mm -hmm. And, 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 
you know, again, the, these people, my, you know, my, my homies, the goon squad, like we've all just elevated each other over the last couple of years now because we want more and it's not physical things. We want more, we want more impact in the world. We want to change more lives. And the more you're around those people, you know, again, that, yeah. that mental strength that, you know, you look around and go, okay, what are we, what are we fighting here? And you see this guy overcome this and this guy overcome that and you overcome that. And every time you overcome something, you get a little mentally stronger because you know, well, that didn't knock me down. That ain't going to get me. I'm, I'm better prepared next time that comes. Yep. And then you see your friends and your closest comrades winning as well, but also going through the trenches. It's not always about the wins, right? A lot of people talk about the wins. You know, there, we, we go through failures and losses too, but it's one step closer to the wins. But, you know, always – I always say, I agree with you, right? You have to become the person you want to attract in your life. So when we become too elite, you've got to start becoming that person in addition to surrounding yourself with those type of people. And that's what will elevate you to the, to the top, right? And if they're the right people, if they're not, you know, you won't, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and it's easy for us to say because we're business owners, we're an apex, we have a really badass network. But for most, you know, 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Most people are going to a job where they hate <laughs> like they're, they're around people. They don't want to fucking be around all day. They're hearing fucking water talk all day long. They're drama. People bringing their shit to work. I know I used to deal with it. I'm so happy I have a business now because I don't have to deal with that every day. Like I can control what's in my environment. I don't have to go somewhere I hate every single day. So if you guys are listening and you're in that situation, there is an answer. It's not easy. But as Ryan says, choose your heart. Everything's hard in life, right? Like, would you rather go deal with that or would you rather have a hard day on trying to figure out how to grow a business and have your own life and your own financial freedom and your own goals that you want to reach. Or would you rather be miserable and do a handsome role all day? Like choose your heart, right? Would you rather have a strong marriage or would you rather go through a, you know, divorce and whatever, right? Like choose your heart. Like everything's hard, right? Like, so don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. Seek to be uncomfortable, get to the gym. That's our first start. You know, Grant Cardone always used to tell me if you can control your body, if you control your body, you can control your mind, but it starts with the body. Right. If you wake up every day, you beat, you beat, you know, you beat the sun up, right. You get to the gym. That's the first win of the day. You're already waking up with a win. All right. Start off with wins that you can already 100% control. You can control that win. Right. Now you're starting off with gratitude and motivation. You feel great. You know, if you work out in the morning, you know, I'll attest to that, right. What's the, what's better working out in the morning or working out in the evening for most people? Well, from a physical standpoint, the best time to work out is the time you'll actually go work out. Okay. So it doesn't really like, however, okay. However, when we look at most successful people, most of them are working out early in the morning. And here's why, because what you just said, is true. It's the win. Like if you're walking out of the gym at 7am, you've already done more than most people will do all day. Yeah. Number one, number two, way less distractions. Like the world's not awake at that time. Right. So if you're coming in five, six, even 7 a.m. sometimes, like most of the world is not functional at that point yet. So you're you're taking action on something without distraction of the world. Mm-hmm. Like people have a really hard time working out in the evening because things come up. You know, you got kids sports and traffic and this and that and meetings and whatever. But when you know nothing else is happening at 5 a.m. other than you're either going to hit the snooze button or you're going to come into the gym. Like that's the decision you get to make. And so it really, it gives people that mental edge of like, I won, I already won. If you got up and made your bed 
and wrote down what you were grateful for. It worked out. And now it's 630. Holy shit. Like you literally, you already won the day. Like everything else is going to be easy because if you already mentally or physically tested yourself and made it through, like all the mental stuff will be a piece of cake because you, you know, you just survived that. And I, you know, I use that term survive loosely, maybe not in my gym, but uh, you know, but, but you already tested yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, getting that win in the morning is extremely important. It's a small wins to motivate you. You know, it's funny before I used to go to the gym, I, that did have a product productivity issue throughout the day, right? Like, Going to the gym in the morning, grease, grease is the, you know, grease is the, ang- grease is the wheels, right? Grease is the body. Not to mention you start to feel good. It releases the endorphins in your brain, right? So you start to, you know, the feel good drug that they talk about. What is it? Serotonin, right? Um, the days that I miss the gym, I feel stiff, right? Especially working at home all the time. You know, we're sitting down, up and down at the computers. You know, a lot of us work in offices, whatever, right? So like, you know, the pro- productivity, in my opinion, you know, come around like two, three o'clock, you know, you you feel stiff because your body wasn't stretched out in the morning, right? So, like, you know, maybe you you know you you slack off a little bit more on your work, or you know you need to take a nap because you're freaking burnt out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I think working out in the morning not only gives you that win, but it gets your body ready to go for the day, allows you to produce more and provide more value. Show up, yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't show up if you're not at your best elite performance physically, right? you can be there, but you're not really there. You know what I mean? Like you're there, but you're just there in the physical form. You know, uh, Mike said in our last breakout session, a couple, a couple weeks ago, he said, look at the top 50 speakers in the world. He goes, I guarantee you none of those people are out of shape. Yeah. No, all my top mentors and success people I know they all work out super early in the morning, every single day consistently. And I'm not perfect at it. I'm still working on that consistency. Right. But I think that's one of the reasons why we share that with people because we're not all perfect, not even us. Right. So like, I think it's important to share that, you know, we all go through that, that, that rut. I think it's important to get consistent and understand your why and find the things that motivate you and and get consistent on those create small habits. Like you said, don't go after all the big ones all at once, do one at a time, build on it, right. Build confidence to knock out some of their habits, but I wrote a lot of great notes. I'm going to put this in the description. This is all really good stuff. So if you guys are listening, if you want more information on these notes that we talked about, it's all in the, in the notes here. It's going to be some good stuff. Uh, where can people reach out to you? Where can people find you? Uh, the uh, two places. Number one, Facebook. That's like my second residence. So, you know, hit me up on there. Or the fitnessninja.phonesites.com. That has all my links to everything. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> when you look ninja.phonesites.com check him out search marks <laughs> and off as well apex coach massive mindset marketer thank you so much for coming on this call i really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge with fitness and health and just overall mindset it's important for people to to really understand that and, and correlate the difference, you know, between not working out and, you know, what it does for your body and, and your mindset and your subconscious. Right. So good stuff. Any other takeaways or any key things you want to kind of give to the audience before we head out of here? You know, the last thing I'll, I'll leave everyone with is look, you, you got two things in this world that you can control and that's your thoughts and your actions. You have zero control over anything else or anyone else. But if you control those two things on a daily basis, you will absolutely have everything you want in life. Control no your thoughts and actions, baby. Control what you can't control and 
Don't worry about the things you can't. I think that's super important to block out the noise, focus on your marketplace, your, your circle, right? Don't, don't let all that bullshit come in. But uh, all these are great tips, man. I really thank you for coming on. That wraps up another fabulous episode of Mindset Masters in Marketing. Tune in next week. we got some other badass guests coming on. we got a nice packed schedule, so it should be good. So uh, thank you so much, Mark, once again. And uh, you have a great rest of your day, my friend. I appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, buddy.